Arash, when did you last see Marissa? This morning when she left for work. Why? She never arrived for her shift, and she's not responding to messages. Marissa, please respond. Something must have happened to her. Well, she could have had some urgent task come up somewhere else, and her multicom could have broken. Let's not jump to conclusions. She could be hurt, unconscious somewhere. I'm not getting a response pin from her multicom, so it must be broken. Maybe her multicom broke because she had an accident. I'll organize a search. We'll comb every level. Don't worry, Larissa, we'll find her. QuietPlease.org presents 253 Matilda. In the early 22nd century, the crewed asteroid 253 Matilda left the solar system on an interstellar mission. Generations later, after 114 years, a new star system stretches out in front of them. Episode 12, First Contact. What have you got, Doctor? An absolutely incredible achievement. Couldn't have done it without Ambassador One's help. Nor I without yours, Dr. Stone. Have a look. What am I looking at? A full reconstruction of the alien who touched our mysterious device 8,500 years ago from its genetic material. It is not a faithful rendition of exactly how the individual would have looked that is impossible and irrelevant, but we think it fairly accurately represents the species as a whole. Note the six legs and the trunk. We believe it must have used its trunk much like we use our hands. And the multiple genitalia. We've established that this was a hermaphrodite and believe all of the species is the same. Should be about a meter tall, but very sturdy, more massive than we are, with lots of muscle. My guess is they evolved on a high-gravity planet. Miranda? Presuming they are the same species in the asteroid approaching us, the speed of approach suggests the asteroid does not originate in the Tau Ceti system. So while Miranda's high gravity could be consistent with their physiology, I do not believe they are from the planet you call Miranda. So how does any of this help us? I give you the greatest genetic reconstruction of all time, the first insight into an entirely new form of life with different genetic building blocks, and you want to know how it can help us? Our survival is what matters. Can you tell me any vulnerabilities we can use against them? Say, a gas that would knock them out without affecting us? An analysis of how our weapons might fare against them? They breathe oxygen. They have bodies made of meat. They're going to react to weapons just like everyone else. I mean, I guess it'd be harder for you to shoot them dead because as hexapods, their hearts face the floor instead of being an exposed target. Well, I need you to work on the vulnerability angle. We have less than a week before they're here. We can tell you that these aliens communicate vocally, similar to humans, rather than the way my people do or any of the innumerable alternatives. This should aid in establishing communication. Let's hope they're interested in communication. 
no sign of it so far. Amadi, how's the search going? Still no sign of her, and we've covered every room. Well, I was just looking up her multicom log and noticed something strange. It stopped transmitting yesterday afternoon. You said you saw her leave for work this morning? Yeah. She didn't mention her multicom being broken? I don't remember. Looks like it happened a few minutes after she stopped by here to ask where you were. Oh, I I remember she stopped by while I was cashing the ordinance and she dropped her multicom. I didn't realize that had broken it. What'd she come to see you about? Nothing. We were just uh, talking about what we'd make for dinner. Seemed like she had more of a purpose than that. If she did, she never brought it up. She was only there a couple minutes. Well, we've got another ten volunteers. I could have them double-check areas already searched. Send them to the Arboretum. It'd be easy to not spot somebody hidden behind a bush or something there. And tell them to think three-dimensionally. Since we're not accelerating, she could have gotten up high somewhere. Like a branch high up in the trees. Okay. Don't worry. We'll find Marissa. I hope she's okay. Next time I fire, it won't be on low power. Oh, so we've passed the stage in our marriage where you think nothing of shooting me. Are we at the point yet where you're pondering chopping me up into little pieces to, uh, put me down the garbage disposal before someone finds me? I brought you food and water. I mean you no harm as long as you don't interfere with my plans. What plans? Who are you? You know too much already. There's no advantage to revealing more. But don't you feel a need to unburden yourself by telling me all about your plans? Isn't that how villains work? Welcome, Marcus. You asked me to report here? Yes, I did. Why? You're about to leave us forever. Is that your concern? I think so, yes. Departures have always been my concern. I've presided over a lot of departures from our world, but you're the first who's leaving it alive. Don't worry, I'll probably die pretty quick after. You're always trying to protect such a harsh exterior, Marcus. I wonder if you're leaving because you're tired of playing that role and think you'll be free of it if there's no more audience. You should probably leave the psychoanalysis to Dr. Peters. Would you like to offer a sacrifice for the fire? No. I think offering the rest of my life is enough of a sacrifice. May I ask, Marcus, do you believe in God? I don't know what I believe in. Shall I tell you what you believe in? This should be interesting. You believe in redemption. You believe an act of sacrifice can atone for past sins. You believe it's never too late to be saved. I suppose I do. Then I'd call you a man of faith. But I don't know if there's any higher power out there who believes in the things that I believe in. 
then the strength of your faith in these things is that much greater and more impressive for maintaining it alone without the help of God. I should really be out looking for my missing daughter right now. Yes, you should. May I ask if that's what you were doing before you came here? It uh, wasn't. Thought not. Well, don't let me keep you from it. Detective C. Tang. The Mahdi isn't here? He's out searching for his wife, your daughter. I was going to. But then I thought maybe it's better to think it through instead of wondering blindly. Have you found any clues? Not much. She was last seen this morning, but her multicom broke yesterday afternoon, so we don't know much about her movements after that. Dad? What are you doing here? Just trying to help. The detective was telling me we don't know much about Marissa's movements after her multicom broke yesterday afternoon. What's the last thing we do know of yesterday? Amadi saw her in the evening. Did anyone else? Nobody has mentioned it, though we weren't really asking for details about yesterday. We were looking for anyone who might have seen her on her way to work this morning. If we can't trace today, maybe we should trace yesterday. Something may have happened then that could explain her deciding to go somewhere other than work this morning. Well, the mayor's dad and I saw her around 1600 hours when she came by and asked where Amadi was. That must have been right before I called her. We talked for a minute, then she said she had to go and cut me off real quick. Thing is, she said she'd call me back and she never did. Because her multicom broke. She could have called through the ambient voice system when she got home. For that matter, she could have walked over to my door at any time all evening. We live about 50 meters from each other. How did she seem when you called her? Normal. What did she talk about? Oh, well, we were just talking about you, Dad. Was it a video call? No, she only answered with voice. Hmm. Then did you hear anything in the background indicating where she was? Sounded like she was in an elevator, and she said she had to go moments after she stepped out of the elevator. She must have been arriving at the storage level where Detective Amadi was working on the ordinance cache. So what happened after that? Amadi told me they had a brief chat about their evening plans, during which she dropped her multicom and apparently broke it, though he didn't realize it was broken at the time, and maybe she didn't realize it either. But he didn't know where she went from there until she came home a couple hours later. A dead end. I'm going to put out a call for anyone who may have seen her yesterday evening. Even a glimpse in a corridor. Hopefully, we'll be able to reconstruct the rest of her evening soon. Stay back this time if you don't want to get hurt. Ooh, the smell! You locked me in a room with no toilet for two days and wonder why it smells. Can't you at least bring me silverware? I don't know what you might do with a knife or even a fork. Maybe if I had a spoon, I'd dig my way out. You can eat with your hands. How's your leg? Better. No thanks to you shooting it. I used the lowest power setting. I'm sure you'll win a humanitarian award for kindest shooting of a kidnapped victim. Look, I don't like having to do this, but the mission is the only thing that really matters in the end. A mission I'm pretty sure nobody but you has heard of. 
look, do me a favor. Just go see Dr. Peters today. Have him give you a quick evaluation. It can't hurt, can it? It would endanger the mission. (sighs) I knew you were going to say that. I'm sorry to say, nobody except Detective Amati has reported seeing Marissa the rest of the evening before she disappeared. Have you searched the public camera records? Yes. No matches for her on there. But they aren't everywhere. But wouldn't it be pretty difficult for her to get home from storage level without being visible on at least one camera? Hmm. Yeah. She took the elevator down there. Seems pretty certain she would have taken the elevator back. They all have security cams, don't they? They do. Something could have been obscuring her face. Actually, there's no record of any unidentified occupants that evening, so that can't be it. Detective, in any case like this on Earth, wouldn't the missing person's spouse be the prime suspect? I suppose so, but surely you don't think Detective Amati... Why not? He has been acting a little bit odd lately. Hmm, can't dispute that. The way he cut off our discussion to rush down to that storage level was odd, too. But did Marissa mention having marital problems lately? Arguments? No, but she doesn't share everything. Why don't we just look at things from the perspective of Amadi being a suspect for a minute? See where that'd leave us. We'd have to discount what he's told us. Meaning Marissa could have disappeared the day before we thought. Right when she went to see Amadi. I think we should go down there. Check out her last known location. Try to trace her steps from there. I'll bring a DNA analyzer so we can identify any hair or skin cells. Good morning, Detective Amadi. <sighs> Three charges should get this job done. Insist on making war. I can set the charges off remotely and take out both the primary reactor and the inner switch. Then they'll have no choice but to make peace with the power out. This is Marissa's hair. Well, we know she came down here. Question is, where did she go from here? Can you do a wide field scan on each exit besides the elevator she came in on? Sure. Not detecting any of her DNA there. She went down these stairs. Marissa, where are you? Looks like a manual lock. I'll have to shoot it open. Oh, what is that stench? You don't want to know. Your leg, is it okay? Amadi shot me, but it's not too bad. Amadi did this? That's right. He was sabotaging the power packs for our weapons and wasn't going to let me tell anyone. But why? In the name of peace. I think he's nuttier than fruitcake. Who knows what else he's been doing. 
You better get him quick. I'll take Marissa to medical. You get Amadi. You're with me, Acting Deputy Marcus Flint. We'll get you a weapon. So where is he? He's in Corridor 12, heading away from the reactor area. Probably toward the elevator. We should get to one ourselves. He's in the elevator. Uh-oh. He's heading to level two. Near medical? Too late to warn them off. Let's just get up there as quick as we can. Please state your destination. Level two, medical. And step on it, computer. Proceeding to level two. Last command, not understood. You realize I'm still unarmed? Yeah. Stay back and behind cover. Don't come any closer or I'll shoot my hostages. Why are you doing this? It's my duty. I don't want to hurt anyone. The people aren't making it easy. Now shoot him! <coughs> okay, he's unconscious. Let's get him into the doctor. What's going on? Amadi went nuts and took hostages. I had to shoot him. Put him in restraints. The wound isn't serious. He'll make a full recovery. Check his brain while you're at it, Doctor. He's been acting a little odd since, I think, a week or so after being electrocuted. And now he's obsessed with an imaginary mission. Maybe there was some sort of delayed progressive effect of brain damage? Okay. Let's have a look at that leg of yours, too. Mayor, we're receiving a message from the approaching asteroid. Let me hear it. You are in possession of a relativistic kinetic weapon. You are ordered to prepare to receive compliance teams peacefully. If you do not resist, you will not be harmed. They speak English? You are in possession not really surprising. We've been transmitting it to them for maybe over a century through their device. If you do not resist, do you have a response to send, Mayor? Put me through. You're on. This is the Mayor speaking. We're prepared to receive one negotiator to discuss terms. Should be about a day for a reply at this distance. You've been listening to 253 Matilda, Episode 12, First Contact. Created, written, produced, and directed by Paul Neerim. Mayor Renata Matombo is Kathleen Lee. Apprentice Tojo is Gwyneth Knight. Marcus Flint is Glenn Haskell. The alien is Megan Schmidt. Detective Aranya Satang is Sova Rain. Detective Arash Amadi is Paul Neeram. The computer 
is Microsoft Azure Neural Voice Jenny. Chief Mech Larissa Flint is Lindsay Townsend. Ambassador One is Microsoft Azure Neural Voice Eric. Dr. Stone is John Gauntz. Communications Chief Marissa Flint is Virginia Hargrove. The announcer is Aaron Summonsby. Special thanks to our Kickstarter backer, Lupine Vendetta. Sound effects and music courtesy freesound.org, asoundeffect.com, freepd.com, and audionautics.com. This program is licensed for free reuse and redistribution. Hear more episodes at quietplease.org slash 253.